Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Happy Monday to you all. Hopefully everyone is doing well, having a great day. Hopefully you guys had a good weekend. Enjoy some sun wherever you may be. Big week coming up. We will dive into some football talk off the top. Saquon Barkley, not happy. Dalvin Cook, free as a bird now after getting released. We we will talk about those two moves and situations. As well as mailbag, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs, because I'll probably do another mailbag on Tuesday's pod as well. So fire in those DMs. Tried to bang out a bunch of questions for you. And... uh, What else is going on right now? We have a merch discount right now. U.S. Open, LACC, Live, PGA Tour, U.S. Open, Kepka, Phil. This week, it's big, and here's what we're doing. If you go to thevolume.com, thevolume.com, and you go to merch, well, we have a discount if you use the promo code OPEN23. Get a Golo Polo. They're they're pretty sweet by Adidas. And get 50% off one of the Golo hats. I'm be rocking the Golo hat all week, watching the watching the U.S. Open. Very very fired up. And if you want one, the hats are sweet. So you get a little discount if you get a polo. You get fifty percent off the hat. And uh, I I recommend the hats. They're, they're sweet. Hopefully everyone uh, is ready to rock and roll. We'll talk some gambling this week. Here's the plan: podcast today, probably another podcast Tuesday, football wise, and big golf podcast come Wednesday with some betting picks. We'll react to some of the drama. I'm sure that will happen this week. And uh, we'll go from there. So that's the plan right now. Uh, maybe start some interviews. we got a couple ideas. Might have one by Friday. And definitely for the upcoming weeks for some football. Even have a couple other uh, kind of curveballs that I think would be kind of cool. And, uh, and yeah, so let's dive in. But first, do you want to go to an event like the U.S. Open? Like a baseball game, I see the Yankees are on TV right now. Go to your smartphone right now and go to your app store. Download the official ticketing app of this show, Game Time. Download it right now. Download is the fastest growing ticketing app in America. Promo code J O H N 
Do it right now. Promo code John. Get $20 off any pair of tickets. Concerts. You want to go to a concert this summer? You want to go to a comedy show? Anything you want. I got you covered. Game time. Promo code John. $20 off. Can't recommend them enough. They are awesome. Right before I recorded this uh, Sunday, almost Sunday night, I guess it's 645. I saw Adam Schefter released a statement from Saquon Barkley that said this week is the mandatory minicamp for the New York Giants and like probably a lot of other teams around the NFL. He said that he will not go. And he's not, quote unquote, holding out because he thinks he should be the highest paid player. He just wants what's fair. And I had to scratch my head. I got to be honest with you, because last year, let's use an example. And and listen, let me preface this all by saying these mini mini camps, OTAs for players like him, like I, I don't actually think the stuff on the field matters that much. Like, he is not going to get even 1% better, potentially, by practicing or not practicing. But I do think in contract negotiations, by showing up, like, I understand or understood last year Debo Samuel, who literally carried the 49ers two years ago to the playoffs, was not a first-round pick, second-rounder, just like A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf. Those guys had not made much money for the level in which they were playing every single year, helping their teams not only get to the playoffs, but Pro Bowl-level performance, week in, week out. And they're like, hey, guys, we got to be paid. And Debo Samuel, when during the mandatory offseason minicamp, and then early on in training camp before his contract was done, showed up. And this was a guy who had not made that much money off the 49ers. Well, Saquon Barkley, I checked. And we'll get into Dalvin Cook here in a second. Let's face it. The entire league, beside like Kyle Shanahan and maybe Belichick, views the running back. Now, the difference is Belichick ain't paying you. Views the running back as not only replaceable, but arguably like not important at all. And definitely not worthy of paying, unless you're Jerry Jones or some of these GMs who get fired, right? So Saquon wants to get paid. Not necessarily the highest paid running back of all time but just a contract extension. And I would understand if Saquon had played like he did last year and was like a fourth round pick, hadn't made that much money. But when I went to the Google machine and went to his contract, I figured out that he had made $38 million through his five-year NFL career, right? Last year, he got his fifth-year option, which was over $7 million. So you add up the five years, he made $38 million. Well, if you add up how many games he's played, Because over 2019, 2020, and 2021, my man's missed 21 games. So he's played 60 games and made $38 You do the math, he's been paid $630,000 a game. And then he's franchise tagged this year and scheduled to make over 10. So if you just factored in this upcoming season and his previous $38 he'll have made $48 million. And assuming he plays all the games this year, he will average, you know, over $550,000 a game. So, you know, I think a lot of times, and the reaction is going to be when you turn on television and first take or whatever and get the former players, they're all going to get the players back. And listen, I'm not against Saquon Barkley here, but let's not act in a lot of situations when I get a late round pick or even just a non-first round pick, you have not made very much money. So I understand, unless you're a quarterback and you can get some like ads on television. A lot of these guys in the middle rounds, 
second, third round even, have made $2 million max over a period of time. And when they've played like all pros, when they played like pro bowlers, they have a legit gripe. But Saquon Barkley has been paid a fucking premium by the New York Giants. When this contract is over at the end of the year, he'll have averaged $8 million a year through a six-year career. And this is a position that we all laugh at across the league of like, you cannot pay. I mean, they, they just cut Dalvin Cook. It's like, we're not paying you $14 million a year, even if you are a productive player. And he gave us 10 touchdowns last year and ran for over 1,000 yards. Get out of the building. You are not worth that. If he played tight end or he played wide receiver, he would still be on the team. But because he plays running back, see you later. Why well, look at Saquon Barkley, a guy who has major injury concerns, who you know has some flaws in his game, not a great pass protector, and who has not been underpaid. So I think the easiest thing to do in this situation, and I would say the way the media typically leans and definitely the former players, it's always the team's fault. The team is always fucking the player. To me, it seems like the New York Giants have been pretty good business partners, and Saquon has been properly paid. Now, I don't expect him to show up to minicamp and hop in the huddle and take reps, but I do think it'd be pretty easy just to show up. Like, Wouldn't that be negotiating in good faith when they have paid you a boatload of money? When they have stood by your side, right? You'd be like, well, I produce. Well, yeah, kind of. You've been missing in action a lot too. So I view, if anything, this one, like, you know, we've seen time and time again, TJ Watt, hold in. Debo Samuel, hold in. Like, I think that's kind of the move, especially in those guys. TJ Watt was a late first round pick. Debo Samuel was like the 35th, 36th overall draft pick. This guy was the number two overall pick. Think about that. Nick Bosa needs a new contract right now. You know what he did? He was just a training camp or mini camp last week. Nick Bosa, defensive player of the fucking year, was there. High five and everyone hanging out. <laughs> like I, I, I'm not saying Saquon's the bad guy, but the Giants definitely are not in this situation. And speaking of running backs, I completely understand why the Minnesota Vikings, from in a vacuum, from a business perspective, go, we are not paying Dalvin Cook over $14 million a year this season. We do not think he's worth it. Any Vikings fan that's have read some of these, you know, analytical articles. I read a stat today. I think like his runs over 12 yards. He was near the the lowest in the league. He's not an explosive player anymore. And he's a player that like the trend line would say is pointing down, even though he's still pretty productive for the position. And, and from just a salary cap standpoint, like he's not worthy of the number even though you don't necessarily have anyone else to play at that number. It's not like there's another guy out there that you can you know, put into that slot. And it's not just the Minnesota Vikings that are telling you that. He was on the block from the moment the season ends. They would have traded him to anyone starting in late February, early March, all the way through the day he was cut. Nobody wanted him. The rest of the league for that number said, under no circumstances are we paying you. So from just a business standpoint, Totally understandable. But from a football standpoint, there's a reason a lot of people are shorting the Minnesota Vikings last or this year, right? They had a historic win-loss percentage in the one possession or one score games, right? They basically won them all. They had some of the craziest games you'll ever see. Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills. I mean, honestly, they had two games last year that are two of the craziest wins of like the last decade. And Listen, they had a very, very productive offense. Quarterback threw a lot of touchdowns, arguably the best or second best wide receiver in the league. But here's the thing. They got rid of not just Dalvin Cook, but Adam Thielen for financial reasons. Why just 
Googled their stat sheet last year. Dalvin ran for eight touchdowns. He's He caught two more. So that's 10 touchdowns. And Adam Thielen caught six. So that is 16 touchdowns. Now, they think that, you know, Madison, the Boise State running back, even though, you know, he's been in the NFL for a while, can take a lot more of those carries, even though he's never been the true bell cow guy start to finish like Dalvin Cook. And Jordan Addison at pick whatever in the early 20s can be what Thielen was for a lot cheaper price. Well, in theory, that all makes sense, right? Just like you, all of you guys listening that are in college right now, a lot of things make a lot of sense in theory. A lot of supply demand charts, a lot of this is how you make a sales. When you fucking walk into the business and you walk into the guy you're trying to sell, all that shit goes out the window. You either close it or you don't. So Jordan Addison, like the guy. A lot of hype on this guy over the last 18 months, right? All we've been here, Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison. Can you do it, Adam? Can you get the Minnesota Vikings six touchdowns? Jordan Madison and the other running backs, like, can you contribute 10 touchdowns? Because those scores, right, those 16 scores, obviously were an enormous reason that this team was, you know, division champ that won all those one-score games. So from a business standpoint, big picture, totally get it. Uh, But actually executing it on the field now and using those people that take over for you know, quote-unquote stalwarts of your offense, right right there with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins over the last four or five years, it, it's going to be fascinating to see. And this is the type of stuff young GMs try to put their stamp on the team, as they should, right? But this is what you get judged on. You don't get judged on the athletic writing articles about how smart you are. You know, the Wall Street Journal writing about how unique your background is. You get judged on your transactions, who you draft, who you cut, who you trade for, who you add, who you remove, and how everyone plays in that spectrum. So a lot of people in the media, especially, really like this GM because of his background. It is pretty fascinating. I've heard good things from the people that work with him for the 49ers. You start making some of these moves, we're going to judge you because I know those guys can play. And I know those guys could come through, even if both their arrows are pointing down. And I'm not saying they should have kept them. My point is, you get judged on their replacements and you get judged on how you play once they're gone because you think you can do better for cheaper money. We're about to find out. And last but not least, Hopkins has been making the rounds. Uh, he went to the Tennessee Titans. I think Dalvin Cook falls under this too because I saw Pelissaro, who's tied in with Minnesota, who would know, you know his representation. Like Dalvin Cook doesn't plan on playing for like $4 million. And Hopkins wants a big money contract. I, I, you guys... No one would trade for your previous contracts. Not a soul in the NFL. Every general manager was called multiple times. Like, you sure you're not interested? Like, are you sure you're sure? Like, we'll add like a fourth round pick as well. Well, if you take this guy off our hands. And every single one hung up the phone. Every single one. Now, I understand those guys, you know, looking at themselves in the mirror, like, I'm still a big time player. I can still dominate. Look at some of these other guys making money. These GMs do not care about that. You just saw... Well, Deshaun Watson got $230 million, and that was with the quarterbacks. Like, no one else is getting this. Lamar, you won an MVP. Jalen, you just dominated in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. You're not sniffing that much guaranteed money. And what happened? That came to fruition. So it's going to be very fascinating. My recommendation, especially to Hopkins, a little different for the running back. Uh, Now, he's already been paid a lot of money, so, so was Hopkins. But to me, Hopkins has a better chance waiting it out till camp and just hoping a really good team loses a guy for injury. And then you get some, you know, I I would say leverage to me, even if there's an injury with Dalvin cook, like I don't think, well, now we'll sign Dalvin cook for 12 million. That is not happening. 
that does have potential to happen with Hopkins just because, you know, a team that feels they're a player away loses a wide receiver in training camp. Uh, I think both these guys, but especially Dalvin Cook, you know, to me, he's got the Buffalo Bills written all over him. A team that needs a physical running game. I know Eckler, hell, I, the Chargers. I mean, get, give me a team with a star quarterback to have just a running back. Now, I got to get him for the right price, but he makes a sense a lot of different places. He can catch the ball. Uh, pretty scheme-specific to me. He's that one-cut kind of zone runner uh, in my mind. Where Hopkins, you know, he's just... He's kind of an outlier player because he's never been able to run. He's open no matter what uh, because his catching radius, his contested catches. Now, he's tweeting up a storm like talking shit to all the people who act like he can't play. I don't think the NFL GMs and personnel people and coaches think he can't play, but they probably think there is like an outsized view of himself for the way they view him. Like, good player. You can play for our team, but you're, you're not a $15 million player. And this is where it gets in this weird spot right now. Because you go, well, fucking Odell Beckham just got $15 million. And be like, I know, that's crazy. <laughs> Ravens are morons, right? But that's that's not my problem. Uh, and that's kind of where both these guys, in little different situations, because the running back position makes less than the wide receiver position, kind of find themselves in. So it's going to be fascinating. I, I, I would expect both these guys kind of let it play out for a little bit. What's the, what's the rush in signing over the summer? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, and really quick before we dive into the mailbag, I've been thinking a lot about the live PGA, you know, people fight back. It's a merger, whatever it ends up being. What I really can't understand is why everyone that covers golf isn't really excited. And what I mean by that is when you cover a sport, 
when you're involved in the professional game. I get it from the player standpoint. But anyone in the media, in the podcast, whatever you do, you make money off talking, writing, uh, documenting the game of golf. This makes it dramatically more interesting. And to me, golf, like, listen, I love it. I'm a junkie. I'm an addict. I mean, it's a a huge part of my life, but I I get it's a very niche sport. And part of the reason it's kind of niche, a lot of people say it's kind of boring. And this is easily the most important story in the game of golf since anything Tiger Woods has ever done. It's the easiest way to get a casual person to just maybe is a big baseball fan or basketball fan or a football fan to go, God, some of this live golf and the Saudis taking over. Are they going to run the sport? Like everyone casually, even if you don't play, even if you don't watch, if you like sports, you 100% know about it. Honestly, you don't even have to like sports. Turn on just news channels over the last week. It was everywhere on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, you name it. I mean, the story broke on CNBC. Like part of the reason football is so big is there's so many variables to the sport, right? The, the, the owners are such big, you know, uh, you know, kind of characters in the whole thing. The coaches, the players, we've had teams move. Vegas now has a team. People always selling. It's like billionaires versus millionaires. And that's not even talking about the game, which the overwhelming percentage of people, probably including myself, don't totally understand. I, I do this stuff for a living. I've worked in the NFL. I've worked in college football. The schematic element of football is very, very confusing. Hell, some coaches don't even know what they're doing. We make fun of some coaches like, yeah, he's not really a scheme guy. It is it is every variable possible. Why do you think baseball got so big forever, right? George Steinbrenner. I mean, he, the Yankees versus the Red Sox, historic rivalry, all these players, the, the A's moving. I mean, it's just, there's just crazy shit going on. And for the most part, crazy shit doesn't really happen in golf beside Tiger Woods. So now the Saudis, like, we all got a polarizing opinion on that one. Most of us are going to agree where we stand. And they're, you know, Phil taking all this money. Like, to me, it's just an incredible story. And I'm in the story business. The bigger the stories are, the more people care, the more people care, the more people listen. I'm a businessman. I, I, I want this story to keep growing. That's why I'm so excited for this week. I hope this week's fucking nuts. Hope guys are talking shit to each other. I hope these press conferences are fire. It's the best way for golf to be relevant. Because it, it's it's been relevant in a weird way the last year, even after the split. Now that they're all together and they can potentially play, we got villains versus good guys. I mean, this is kind of what you want. There's like a WWE element to it. I saw a clip on my Instagram. Hulk Hogan, I think, went on. I don't think I know because I saw the clip with, uh, with the Nelk boys. And like I grew up, I mean, Hulk was at the end of his reign when I was a little kid. But then like Steve, Steve Austin, Stone Cold, Goldberg, The Rock. One thing that wrestling always had when I was a kid were just superstars. I mean, when I was a kid, Ric Flair, Hulk, all those guys to the next transition of Triple H. And the one thing Hulk said, the difference in the business now, it's it's not about the individual as much anymore. It's about the ultimate, you know, the production. And, you know, is, is that the way to go? You know, he was just saying it, it was a lot different in his heyday. I think, I'm sure they make more money now, but they never, ever would have gotten as big if it wasn't for the stars, the, the splits, the rivalries. Now, I understand they were all made up, but it, it was compelling television. And golf sometimes is just not compelling television. And fuck, I love it. So, 
this intrigues me. Regardless where you stand, I'm just glad people are interested. Nothing worse in any business you're in when apathy sets in, when people do not care. You want someone to either hate you or love you. And golf has a little element of that right now, and I hope it just draws more eyeballs. Okay, at John Middlecoff. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered on the show. Love the pod. You have an excellent approach to explaining sports through a business perspective. Can you explain the NBA final schedule? Game three is on Thursday, and then game four is on Monday. Everyone has to work the next day in both instances. Why did the NBA let the weekend just fly by without a game? They must map out these dates at least a year in advance. So why was this decided on? Here's what I know. If I was the NBA, I would never skip a Sunday. To me, Thursday, Friday, you probably honestly have more people at home on Thursday. But Sunday, let's just use the football, for example. The number one television show for the NFL, which is the biggest television show in our country, It's not Thursday night, and it's not Monday night. It's Sunday night football. Well, why? We're all home. So no one's ever confused Adam Silver of being some dynamic businessman. Now, some stuff's out of his control, right, with ABC and ESPN, but like, it doesn't make any sense. I understand travel days, but I'm with you. If you play on Thursday, you easily can play Sunday. And then you could go like Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday again if you go to game seven. To me, I would have, I would start the series on a Sunday and I would end it on a Sunday. Awful. Makes no sense. With you. Stupid. But it's Adam Silver for you. Question for the pod. As a Cincinnati native and a writer-producer of films featuring Kevin Spacey and Alan Rock, I must admit that my my focus is often on sports rather than film-related news and gossip. Your podcast has been a beacon of light for me during these challenging times in recent years. Oh, I get it. I guess I don't know much about Alan Ruck. I'll have to Google that one, but Kevin Spacey, I got you. I've noticed that many podcasts, including Collins, regard the Bengals coach as an exceptional guy, strategist, and intelligent. However, do people tend to overlook the fact the Bengals secured Joe Burrow because they finished last the previous season with Dalton? Furthermore, when Burrow suffered an injury in his rookie year, the team performed Poorly, which led them to acquiring Jamar Chase. In your opinion, do you believe that Burrow and that Taylor will develop a dynamic similar to Brady and Belichick when the coach's uh, contribution is around 30% and Burrow's is around 70%? Or do you think it'll be more of a collaboration akin to a 50-50 relationship? Read Mahomes. Well, I I think you're underselling Belichick a little bit. Even if we're going to give Tom the nod, it's probably 55-45. I mean, Belichick is pretty freaking good. I hear what you're saying. Uh, Here's what I will say about the Bengals head coach, who I'm with you. For all the teams that consistently win, he seems to get the least amount of credit. Like, I like Sean McDermott. I'm rooting for him. But we saw those two play in a playoff game, and the Bengals beat the shit out of him. So if, the, if you replace the Bengals with the Ravens or the Steelers, Harbaugh or Tomlin would have got a lot of credit for killing the Bills. But it was like, oh, yeah, n- no one cared. And then, honestly, he almost beat the Chiefs again. So I know some of the guys that dive deep into like the analytics of coaching don't love um, Taylor, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, he's winning a lot. Does he benefit from having a really talented team? Do the Bengals do a really good job? For sure. 
But we saw Marvin Lewis, who was a solid coach, and you guys went to the playoffs a lot, never been able to win playoff games. Now, clearly Burrow's better than anything Dalton was in his prime. But I I think it, it, if you guys just go to the AFC Championship again with this guy, like what are we, what are we supposed to say? The elephant in the room here is too, your owner's not going to pay like Sean Payton $18 million. He's just not. So if, if you fire him, I, I just don't see you guys getting like a 12 to $15 million coach. Like you're not going to hire an Andy Reid. You're not going to hire a Sean Payton. There's Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay ain't walking through the door. Even though in theory, it should be a very desire. It would be a very desirable job if I, I don't know what he would do to get fired. I mean, he was just in the Super Bowl and in the AFC Championship game back to back years. But you know what I'm saying? I, I do think in your circles, he is not viewed as Mr. Ass Kicker as a head coach, but I think he's pretty good. Mailbag question. Joel Klatt's comments on the Giants while on Rich Eisen show. Last month, Klatt, who was against the Daniel Jones selection in the draft, was on the Rich Eisen show. He made the following comments. One, Saquon is more important than Daniel Jones. Two, there are a lot of Daniel Jones in the NFL. There's not a lot of Saquon Barkley's. Three, he insinuated Saquon is the alpha who carried the team by not getting paid. There would be a rift in the locker room because Jones was paid and not Saquon. Anyone who watched the Giants last year knows Jones was the reason the team went to the playoffs, and half the Giants fan thinks Saquon is replaceable. My question is, when analytics speak, what percent of what they say is complete, oh, when analysts speak, not analytics, complete bullshit, and how often do they speak, have inside information in the fact that they get their shit off the internet like everyone else? Well, let me say this first. Clad is really good. He's really good on TV. He's awesome covering college football. When you cover college football, you're not watching every NFL game. Here's another thing. And again, I'm pro Joe Klatt. I am. So this is, might sound like a shot. I'm not trying to take a shot, but it's just a fact. He's not big on the SEC. Why? He, he calls Big Ten games. And he looks down upon the SEC and he loves the Big Ten. Well, who's one of the premium programs in the Big Ten? Penn State. Who I'm sure that he called several of his games right when Saquon was there. Saquon and Joe Klatt know each other. I'm not saying they're BFFs or whatever, but he's going to lean through the player who's way more famous from a conference through he watch played. Now, I, I'd be lying if I said that I watched every snap of your guys' season, but I'm with you. Daniel Jones was pretty solid for you guys. And Saquon, Saquon has been paid. Like I just said, $48 fucking million at the end of the season. $8 million a season for six years. He plays running back, not left tackle or defensive end. Or wide receiver. How many running backs over the last six years have made $48 million? Probably two or three. Zeke, Cook, I, I, as McCaffrey, maybe. Alvin Kamara, maybe. Probably not even. So like Saquon's been paid. And he gets hurt a lot. But a lot of college analysts, I am much more comfortable talking about the NFL than breaking down the Big 12. Right? Why? I watch every, or, you know, the majority of NFL games throughout the weekend. College football-wise, like, I'll watch the big games, Alabama, LSU, you know, whatever that weekend, but I'm not watching all the random teams in the conference. Well, when you call a certain conference, you end up calling those games, but to prepare for those games, you cross-reference the other the teams leading up when they're playing the other teams. So you get a very, very good feel for it. Do you know who you don't watch a bunch of? Like like that, the NFL. 
That's why I'm not that big on Herb Street calling my NFL games. Call college. Again, I'm pro-clap, but I hear you on that one. This notion, too, that Saquon's getting screwed, to me, is just bullshit. Uh, question for the bag. Long-time listener, you're by far the best podcast. Listen, I appreciate you. I'm a huge Chiefs fan, and I feel extremely lucky with the last few years having Mahomes and Coach Reed. I, I don't blame you. I, I would feel pretty good about it myself if I were you. I feel like I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off. Health aside, do you think we can continue to perform at the level for years to come? Yeah, I mean, I, I would view it like this. We're the modern-day Patriots. We got the best quarterback, we got the best coach, and we got a stud general manager. So we have an organization. To me, sometimes teams get out of whack when they're very dependent on one player or two players. To me, you guys got the coach, got the quarterback, got the GM, and got the organizational philosophy. I think last year was your most impressive year of the Mahomes era because think of the rookies you won with. By the end of the season, you had seventh rounders in the defensive backfield. You drafted, uh, what's his name? Is it McDuffie, the corner from Washington who came on? Kurlovskis was coming on at the end of the season. Think how many young players. At Watson, the Washington State kid that was a USC transfer, who was a DB for you guys. You had so many young players on defense coming through. I'm not counting Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco, seventh rounder. Think of your core forever, right? It was Tyreek Hill played a big, huge part of it. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. You get rid of him, you didn't skip a beat. I mean, the, the road to the Super Bowl went through you. And it literally did because you won it. So I would live in the moment, man. You guys are in the peak of your powers. Ton of young guys who got experienced winning. To me, it doesn't get any better than that. Was wondering if you also bet on player props. If so, what sports do you enjoy gambling on? I do not, but I have a lot of people text me that gamble on like uh, on star NBA players, like their overs. Like people hammer the Joker's overs during the playoffs. Uh, if I did, I, I don't. I just don't have the bandwidth. I just gamble on football games and I b- gamble on golf. Now, I do take player props in golf, like guys to top 10. I don't know if that's player prop or guy to make a cut or miss a cut. That's a little more proppy, probably. But I don't do props in sports. But if I did, um, it would probably be basketball overs. Uh, as a Falcons fan, should I be excited about Bijan? After seeing it proven time and time again, the first-round running backs last until the second contract and disappear. I was literally distraught when we didn't pick up pick up Jalen Carter. I get it. It might have been a little too close to Athens with the allegations. But man, do I think that was a miss for the team taking... Uh, for lacking a nasty on our D-line. I, th- I think you and the Bears fall under the same category. I, I-, I just don't think you guys were in position to do it. I-, I-, I really don't. Too young, too unproven. Uh, from a player standpoint, honestly, he should have gone... I'm trying to think of the draft. I'm forgetting now. I mean, starting with Seattle. You know, he's better than the guy Seattle took. But Seattle went with a guy that they know is a plug-and-play stud player. But could they have used Jalen Carter? Could you have used Jalen Carter? Could the Bears have used Jalen Carter? You know, it it was kind of a no-brainer for all those teams from a player standpoint. When you factor in the X factor, which is the human, the question marks with the character, Seattle's done that, been there, done that, and they're like, fuck it, we're not doing this again. And I think Atlanta and Chicago went, we're not equipped to handle this. Risk. And the Eagles were. So, 
Or, I mean, so we'll, we're going to find out. I, I think they are, but... Even with much content as you put out, I'm still looking for podcasts with more football content. What are some podcasts you listen to recommend? And no bail out the herd. I don't really listen to that many football podcasts. I listen to uh, Move the Sticks if I want some football. They, they get pretty nerdy on there with DJ and, and Bucky. Oh, Michael Lombardi. I listen to Michael Lombardi's podcast. Uh, he's had, I think he had like the guy that wrote for Bart Simpson. Like I, I haven't been listening as much, but during the season for sure, uh, in the off season, I'll listen to him, but that's probably it. I'm not a huge football content consumer just because I don't want it to mess up any of my takes. Not that it really would, but I, I hope that's not a cop out, but I, I really don't listen to that many. You headed to LACC for the U.S. Open. I'm not. Uh, I I'd thought about going and, you know, buying this house. I, I got to do a pretty big remodel. And one of the things we're about to start this week is attempting to get that under control. And when I say big, I mean big for me. I don't even really know what I'm doing. My girlfriend's kind of running point on it, and I'm just, you know, along for the ride. Hey, John. Congrats on the recent house purchase. Not a sports-related question. But I see your girlfriend said she's proud of the life changes you made to make it happen. What was the most difficult part of saving for a house, and how did you game plan for that? Also, if you're ever in Atlanta, let me know. I think what she meant by her post was that I moved here. You know, I think a lot of times when you're in a long-distance relationship even though we weren't really long distance for that much. You know, you never know. I, I was talking a big game, like, I'm going to come, I'm going to come, and then I just packed up and came. You know? And so it's just, that's what she was talking about. From a savings perspective, it all depends on where you are and what you want, I, I, I think. Uh, if, you know, for me, I, I don't have a salary job. So I make money based on my earning potential is a little higher in the sense that I, I'm not capped, right? I'm not just paid... 100 grand or 200 grand, right? I'm, I'm more like a sales guy in the sense of more ads we sell, more people to listen, more money we make. And for me, crossing an imaginary line from California to, to uh, Arizona made me a lot of money. It's pretty crazy. Like it, it gets talked about a lot on social media. It's like, oh yeah, taxes. Like, no, it's fucking pretty big deal. I mean, it's, it's a gigantic deal. It was a gigantic deal. Uh, I would say this, if you have just a salary job and you can put away two grand, five grand, 10 grand, whatever you put away per month, per biannually, however you do it, the only way to grow that money is to invest it. It, it really is. And when I say invest, I mean in the stock market and that, you know, I got lucky that I made a lot more money, you know, the last couple of years. So I had more firepower, right? Because I have some investments that if I would have needed, I would have been screwed. So, but I had some that made a lot of money. So I, I had some wiggle room there. You know, I didn't have to sell my condo in the Bay to buy this house, even though I am selling it to use that cash toward the remodel. And part of the reason is, I had refinanced my condo a couple years ago and that that was, you know, all my money was in that thing. 
right? I bought it when I was 30 years old, 500 grand or whatever, which in the Bay, I mean, it sounds like a lot of money and it is, but at the time in the Bay, like I couldn't afford a house. I, I The only thing I could afford was a condo. And like I said, like if I, looking back, I would have bought the shittiest house on the block and I would have made dramatically more selling it. You don't, you, your condos don't appreciate that much, but I had refinanced it. So my, my mortgage on it was like 2.7%. My, my payment was nothing. It's like $1,200 a month, but I got HOA fee. It's gone well over $500. The taxes, I, I pay more on a tax on the condo than I will on this new house, which is double, more than double what the condo is. So like I had planned on just leaving it fully furnished and Airbnb being it. Well, here's the problem. The Bay Area is the work from home capital of the world. So people are not traveling there to work. So I got people to come in there the first couple months and I was charging well over $4,000. Like, God, ah, this is a pretty good deal. <laughs> this, this is going to be a lucrative thing. And then it was just going to be hit or miss. And I'll, probably a lot more miss than hit. And I was like, you know what? The only reason I'm holding on to this is because of this interest rate. So back to what I said about saving for, you know, it's if you're going to need 50 grand, 100 grand, and you can only save, you know, a lot less than that every month, you got to invest in the stock market. Whether that's, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe reach out to a financial advisor. Uh, this is not a financial podcast in terms of giving you advice because... I've made some dumb moves. I, I've been pretty open about some of the the uh, stocks I've invested in. Like I, I invested pretty he- heavily in Tilray, the weed stock. I sold it a couple weeks ago because I'm like, and I took a big hit, but I, I immediately put it into SoFi and I've made not it all back, but I've made some money back immediately. And part of my mindset was like, I, I'm just watching this go down. And I believe weed and the legalization eventually, but right now this is not working out. And I'm just seeing money evaporate. I would say five years ago, three years ago, I would have rolled that out. I would have kept investing in it. And I did for a long period of time. And I just fucking sold it. Now, I do this all on my own. Like, I'm not asking. I don't have a financial advisor. So there's a lot of like getting up early, reading about some shit. And still, you know, some people, I would say most people in the financial world would tell me I'm not doing it right. But, you know, it's been pretty lucrative so far. Uh, but that that's the only way that you can gain to me in this modern day. Depend on where you live and how much you need. It obviously changes person to person, but you got to invest your money and you got to invest in the stock market. Because even if you take $10,000, can you turn that into 16? If you got $25,000, can you turn that into 36? If you got $50,000, can you turn that into, I'm not even asking double it, right? That's, you, you can, if you get it right, you can more than if you get on the right, you know, gravy train. But hell, if you just get something that grows, if you just invest in Uber at, you know, whatever, $38 and it goes to 50 and you turn put your $50,000. I wouldn't put it all in one lump sum into one stock, but you know what I mean? Hell, you could just argue the Dow Jones, you know, just put it in to the market in general. I bet stocks, uh, which people tell me historically, it's not the way to go. I'd say it's, it's worked out pretty well and I don't plan on changing. I also like the juice. I, I play the stocks, the stock market, you know, a little bit like, you know, I'm, I'm a gambler. I, I, I need the juice. Right, they say I watched Heat the other day, De Niro and Pacino, and when the dude who's asked like he's got a family, he doesn't need to get in on the bank robbery, and he said the action is the juice. That's true for me. Like I need it; it gets my juices flowing. <laughs> it really does. You, you you sell Tilray at a massive loss. You know your heart gets pumping. But I, I kind of like that shit in a weird way. Yes, you, you know they're also here. They have a lot of programs for buying homes. 
when I went to sign my documents last week, I start I just started BSing with the guy. And uh, one thing he said is a lot of people, there's these programs like under $400,000, you can get no down payment. Now your interest rate's really high. It was like over 8%, but you don't have to put anything down, right? Like I had to put 10% down. I also, like this market, depending on where you live, it's not, you know, the sellers ain't in full control anymore. I got it well under what it was originally listed for. And I got the guy to buy down my rate. My rate is in the mid fives. So it's like you do have, it's a give and take. When rates are really low, and I've bought it when I bought my condo when rates were really low, it's a fucking war zone. You get bent over. Right now, like, you know, you can find some deals out there. It's not, this isn't 09, but there are deals to be had because people, now part of it is the rate and the payments. It makes it a little more complicated on our end for, for the buyer, but there are definitely rates out there, or I mean deals out there. If you can buy the rate, you can you can get people to buy down your rate too. That's a big part that people are doing, which I literally just did. So, you know, I I qualified for some loan that was like at first I only had to put five percent down because my credit score was so high, no big deal. I pay my bills. And uh I, I had a master's degree. You know, I'm smart, you know. <laughs> you wouldn't know it by listening to this, but you know, I'm an educated guy here. So I, I would just sniff around, talk to talk to a Talk to the lenders. Talk to these bankers because they are, you know, they're always looking to do deals. Wind on that. That's a long-winded way of saying just invest. Adios, people. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.